Welcome to the Linglestown Life Podcast. On today's episode, Pastor George Reynolds preaches about trauma and the long-lasting effect it has on our bodies and souls. He urges us to bring more than thoughts and prayers so that we can be the healers that our hurting world is looking for. This message was first preached on May 30th, 2021 at the Linglestown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. to the Linglestown Life podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. Last Sunday, as, uh, as this service was over, somebody walked up to me and, and handed me a book and a card. Now, they said, said a name of the person who had dropped it off and the name didn't automatically ring a bell, but I, uh, I took the book and, and the card, went back to my office and I opened the card and, and here's the card. And um, as soon as I opened it, it, it sort of drew me back to, uh, it drew me back to that day in January when we were, we were going through our series called um, Through the Darkness and we were talking about mental health and so I opened up the card, and uh, inside that card is this little message, and the message is very simple. It says, thank you for the message on a cold day in January when you looked into the camera and encouraged those of us who needed help to seek counseling. I did. And that, you know, that just overwhelmed me with thankfulness for, for the fact that, that somebody heard that message that day, that somebody actually took the step to seek out a counselor. And, and you know, that series led a lot of people to take a step that maybe before they would never have taken, but that now they, they understood that it was something that they could do and it was truly something that they needed to do. And as you stop and think about this past year, we, we all begin to realize that we've really all suffered a lot of trauma in our lives. This past year has brought one incident of trauma after another into each and every one of our lives. And while we often think of the word trauma and, and think about an event, the reality is trauma is so much more than an event. Trauma is the effect of the event on us and upon those around us. I want you to watch this video right now from the Trauma Healing Institute, which is a ministry of the American Bible Society. What do you think of when you hear the word trauma? You might think of terrible events like violence, abuse, or disaster. When we hear the word trauma, we often think about the cause, but trauma is actually the effect of events like these. Trauma is a wound of the heart and mind that causes deep suffering. It leaves us feeling overwhelmed and disconnected, and it takes a very long time to heal. It hurts every part of us, our relationships, our bodies, our thoughts, and our faith. Often, trauma sends shockwaves through entire families and communities. And because suffering is part of the human experience, we are all vulnerable to trauma. But 
God is with everyone who suffers. God feels our pain with us, and God wants to help us heal. That is why we have hope. Whenever there is trauma, healing is always possible. Now, for most of us, Memorial Day weekend is just the unofficial beginning of summer. It's a, it's a time to go outside and have a picnic. Well, not so much today. Uh, it's a time where we, where we hop in the pool. Well, not so much today. But, uh, but those are the things that we oftentimes associate with Memorial Day. We think of the beginning of summer, and we think of fun, and we think of sun, but but what really is Memorial Day all about? Well, it's not about saluting our veterans, although we do that. Memorial Day is the day to remember those who were serving and died in sacrifice of their life for our country. Memorial Day, or Decoration Day, as I remember it being called when I was a kid growing up, um, it was a way started long ago to remember the Civil War soldiers who had died in that terrible conflict. Later on, as more and more brave American men and women returned in flag-draped coffins, we came to honor the sacrifice of those service members from every war that we have fought in. So in one way, Memorial Day is a reminder to all of us of the, the trauma that war inflicts upon the families of those who've paid the ultimate sacrifice. And so what I want to encourage us to do right now is to just pause for a moment to remember those men and women who made that ultimate sacrifice and let us ultimately remember their families and communities that have borne the effect of the loss of those loved ones. So let's pause for a moment of silence. Amen. So this Memorial Day, I thought that we would take the opportunity to acknowledge something about all of our lives, and that is, that is that all of us have borne trauma during this last year. All of us have taken in some sense of trauma, whether, whether it's been a physical thing that has happened to us or whether it is all of the events that have been going on around us during this last year and a half. As the video reminded us just a moment ago, trauma is not the event itself, but it's the effect, the effect that, that we bear in our body, the effect that, that comes to our heart and to our mind. And sometimes, in many occasions, that trauma affects our faith. And because of the effect upon one of us, trauma is oftentimes reflected in the broader family, oftentimes in our community.
And if you stop and think about it, death in one way or another has been at the forefront and the center of our lives over this past year and a half. Think about it this way. Every night on the television news, we had a new number for how many people had died from COVID-19. As we went through the year, we witnessed the, the murder of George Floyd and so many others. We lost loved ones, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, friends. We went through all sorts of chaos in our country that just left people broken and hurting. When we add in all of the other losses that have impacted us individually, and, and they are myriads and myriads of different ways, they've impacted us, they've impacted our families, they've impacted our communities, and the real reality is all of us have been traumatized in one way or another. And we bear the effects of that in our bodies, in our hearts, in our minds, in our faith. I mean, all you have to do is look at the evening news right now or anything on your news feed and you realize what? We are living in a nation that is boiling over with anger. Uh, what was the latest story I heard just the other day? That, that somebody on an, airline, on an airplane punched the flight attendant? What is it? What's going on? It's trauma. It's trauma. It's the effect of having lost so much. And it's a reminder for us today that we have to do something. We have to do something. J.R. Brooks, in a new book he just put out called uh, The Time for Healing, says this. He says, people of compassion are needed in this season to help the world heal from the damage we experienced in the wake of this virus. I think that's something that we can all acknowledge, something we can all understand. But I think it's this last line that really got me when I read this in the book. And this healing will take years. I mean, just because we get to throw off our mask does not mean that, that everything is right in the world. We are going to see the effect of, of this traumatic event that we have lived through for years. Not for days, not for months, but for years. And when we think about that, we don't need to affix blame on anybody. We don't need to point fingers anywhere. What we need now are simply people of compassion. We need people who are filled with compassion and who are ready to heal the world. Now, I know that, <laughs> I don't know how many times this year, but I know in years past, I've seen this, this quote from Fred Rogers pop up all the time. Some of you may even know it by heart. When I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, look for the, yeah, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Now, 
with all apologies to Fred Rogers, let me paraphrase this just a little bit for you this morning. When we see scary things in the news, the world is saying to us, where are the helpers? Where are the people that we can find who are helping us heal? You see, as disciples of Jesus, even more basic than that, as human beings, we should all want to be the, the helpers that the world is looking for right now. We should, we should desire to be people of compassion who are committed to bringing God's peace, God's shalom to a traumatized world in need of healing. And as followers of Jesus, when we engage in Jesus' mission of shalom, of restoring and redeeming and renewing, that's when we are most like Jesus. When we are doing the things that Jesus did in his ministry. Listen to what Jesus says in, uh, in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. This is actually Jesus in the, temp or in the synagogue. He rolls open the scroll of Isaiah, and he begins to read these words. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That, folks, is Jesus' mission statement. That is what Jesus' ministry is all about. And if we are following Jesus, those words need to be as true about our life as they are about Jesus. And that means that as Jesus' disciples, as Jesus' church, his ecclesia, those who have been called out, we need to recognize that you and I individually, we as a church are called to be a place of healing. And what does that mean? That means that we look around with eyes of compassion and note the pain that we see in people's faces. Not only that, when we see the pain, we move towards the pain, not away from it. I mean, the reality is, for most of us, when we see, we're going to talk next week about the Good Samaritan, for most of us, when, when we see a man lying along the side of the road, we're, we're a lot like the, the priest and the Levite who walk by on the other side. We need more good Samaritans who will move toward the pain with faith and courage and compassion. And when we walk towards the pain, we need to seize the opportunity to join Jesus in providing healing in his name. Because that's who we are called to be as disciples of Jesus, as those who follow his example. That means that we have to do a whole lot more than offer our thoughts and prayers. You know, every time, sorry to say this, but every time there's another tragedy in the world, what do people do? They hop up in front of a camera and they say, we give our thoughts and prayers to these people. Your thoughts and prayers are about as helpful as 
Anyway. Shane Claiborne says this. He says, when people say all we can do is pray, that's not true. That's not true, he says. We must put feet to our prayers. One of the greatest mysteries, he says, of our faith is that God actually invites all of us to become a part of the miracle of changing and healing and redeeming the world. Do you hear that? You, you are called to join in God's healing work. And that's what disciples of Jesus need to do. More than offering our thoughts and prayers, we have to be the people who put feet to our prayers and be the healers that the world is looking for today. And don't pass it off by looking at me and say, but I don't know how to do that. That's not my gift. I can't talk to people. No. If you are a disciple of Jesus, this is your calling as much as it is anybody else's. Now, how do you become a healer? Well, it's very simple. Being a healer begins by being aware of the trauma that's all around us. It may be being aware of the neighbor down the street who just lost a loved one from their family. Maybe it's, maybe it's knowing about that coworker who just got a diagnosis and doesn't know what they're going to do next. Maybe it's seeing somebody, seeing somebody who's hurting and recognizing that you are the person that they need right now. Healing, being a healer begins simply by being aware of the fact that there is trauma all around us. And as I said, we've all been through it. You don't have to look very far right now to see the effect. And when you, and, and when you see trauma, the next thing you do is really simple. I bet you can all do this. Actually, all of you are doing it right now. You're sitting. Yeah, sometimes all we need to do is sit with people who are traumatized. Because you see, when you sit with people and don't do anything, sometimes that's all you can do. And that's all that they need you to do. It's just to know that you're there. I mean, as Americans, you know, we have this very, very simple thing, you know, we want to do something, and we want to fix it, and we want to move on. People who have been experiencing the effects of trauma in their life, they don't need it fixed, they don't need something done, they just need you to be present. So just be present. Just wait. Don't speak. Don't try and explain it away. Don't, don't try and rationalize this. And for God's sake, I've said this before, don't tell them, oh, God needed another angel, okay? You and I are completely different than angels, okay? 
just be there. Just be present. Because, you see, when we're present with people, what we begin to restore is what, is what the trauma has taken away. And what trauma takes away is our connection, and what sitting with somebody begins to restore is the connection. It's like when you break a bone. When you break a bone, that bone has suffered trauma, right? But what does a doctor do? A doctor, a doctor puts the ends back together, and over time, they begin to what? They begin to reconnect. They just have to be put back together. And sometimes that's what we need to do. We just need to be present with people so they can begin to see that there are people that they can connect with once again. And here's the most important thing I want you to remember. When you're present with people, look for tears. Look for tears. J.R. Briggs says this about tears, and this is a wonderful thing. He said, theology is built into our biology. That is, understanding God is built into our biology. Aren't you really glad that your tears don't come out of your elbows? I mean, if, if your tears came out of your elbows, your shirt would be wet, you know, and things like that. Aren't you glad that your tears don't come out of your big toe? You know, you'd be walking around sloshing in your galoshes or whatever. No, this is what J.R. says. He, says. he says, tears come out of our face. The most significant relational receptor on the human body. And when we cry, our bodies send others a very important message. Pay attention to me. Something sacred is happening right now, and I need people to see me in this moment. So don't be afraid of tears. Don't be afraid of your tears. Don't be afraid of the other person's tears. See those tears as an invitation to renew that connection, to simply be present with a person. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to fix anything. You just have to be present. Because when you are present, you remind people of the presence of God is in their midst all the time. Now, in your sermon outline, there are a number of resources that uh, I put in there because I don't have time to teach you all how to be healers, although you're all doing a really good job right now just sitting there being quiet, okay? But that's what we need, right? But there's, there's a couple things in there that, that I want to call to your attention. No, number one, there, there's, uh, there's the website, Trauma Healing Basics. That's where you can find these resources. That's where the video came from that we played just a while ago. Um, on the back here, there's three questions to ask someone who's hurting. There's actually a fourth question. I'm going to share that later on this week, uh, so you can look for that later on. But uh, I love this side of the, uh, the sermon outline. It's called the safe listener's promise. Okay. I love, I love the next to the last one. I will not give quick solutions. A good listener isn't worried about solutions. They just want to listen. 
because there's people that just need to tell their stories. And because we've all been through stuff, we all have stories to tell. Anytime I get into a conversation with somebody right now, there's a story. There's a story of somebody who's been through pain and been through heartache. The other thing that's in your sermon outline that I want to encourage you to do is read through some of these scripture passages that I provided for you. They're, they're a wonderful way for you to sit and listen to what God is saying to you about being a healer as well. So let me close with this. Uh, the Japanese have an ancient art form known as kintsugi, and I apologize, I don't know Japanese, so I don't know if that's pronounced correctly or not. But the word literally means golden joinery, to join something together, golden joinery. Now, this is a, an example of kintsugi, it, where you take broken pottery, and rather than trying to hide its flaws, you highlight them. You highlight them. When the broken pieces are put back together, a gold powder is mixed with an adhesive in order to highlight the beauty of the brokenness. Now, I, I, I'm, I always wear a shirt because I have a scar that goes from here to here on my chest, and it's a big old and nasty-looking scar from when I had open-heart surgery. And I don't like people to see my scar. And the reality is, all of us have scars. All of us have scars. I got a scar right here. Somebody thought once it looked like a Harry Potter thing, but actually I fell off a playground and put a bolt through the side of my head. But we all have scars. I bet if we sat here very long today, we could all start to talk about our scars, right? But we have a way of hiding our scars, don't we? We have a way of trying to pretend that they don't exist. But you know what I really love about this art form that you can see here in the picture? You see every scar in that piece of pottery, don't you? And what a beautiful reminder this is that when Jesus heals, Jesus doesn't hide the scars. And if you ever thought about this, think about it this way. After the resurrection, when Jesus came back and met his disciples, they were all there except for, for Thomas. You remember Thomas? Doubting Thomas, we call him. He wasn't there, but then Jesus came back and, and, and Thomas had told the dis other disciples, he said, I won't believe unless I can, what? See the nail scars in his hand and put my hand in that spot on the side where that spear was inserted. And when Jesus finally showed up, what did he say to Thomas? He said, put your hands in my scars. Jesus still carries the scars of the crucifixion as a reminder that he came to be a wounded healer. So stop hiding your scars. Your scars are a reminder to you 
and a reminder to the world that we need healers. That we need people who will simply sit with us, who will listen to us, people who will cry with us. The world right now is looking for healers. Will you join Jesus in that mission of bringing peace and shalom to a world that is hurting? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are all hurting right now. Our, our pain comes from so many different things that we've experienced, not only in this last year, but Lord, in our lifetime. And what we need more than anything right now, Lord Jesus, is to be reminded that you are the Lord who heals. You are the Lord who restores. You are the one who renews. And Lord, we thank you that not only are you in the business of restoring and renewing life right now, but Lord, you're filling up all of the cracks in our lives with that beautiful gold gift of grace that says to the world, we may be broken, but we are made beautiful through the love of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are right now today, I would just remind you of that grace that Jesus Christ has for you to fill in all the broken pieces so that you might find your hope and your healing in him. As Jesus fills those scars with his grace, may those, may those marks become a reminder to you and to everyone you meet of God's grace and his healing power in your life today. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.